For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna start acting like my office is closed. Yeah, 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 come in, come in. <laughs> um, do you have a plan for the aquarium that's sitting on your desk still? Um, actually, I have some time scheduled because that is my life. Good for nowadays. you. My time time scheduled to order some supplies this week. Okay, weekend. So, when ordering supplies for an aquarium, you're not talking about fish yet. Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to say, you got to no, no, set no, the, no. the environment, the <laughs> no, biome. Yeah, fish are, fish are a long ways off, That's man. I yeah. I mean, when I'm talking about ordering some things, I'm going to buy some, like, rocks to start. <laughs> you know, you, you might get a uh, a little, like, pirate's treasure chest that, like, bubbles. Is that kind of your thing? Uh, Not quite, no. So it's going to be, it's going to be very well done. Sure. Which is why it takes time. That's your thing. Like, I need to set aside time to actually plan out exactly what kind of equipment I want, what kind of every, every you're, you're, you're the thing I love about aquariums and fish, especially saltwater, you are creating an ecosystem like a dog, a dog does, does not need an ecosystem. Yeah. You don't need to go make sure the air temperature is perfect and the air composition is perfect and the water composition, like none of that matters. The dog will drink out of a muddy puddle with some poop lying next to it. If, will if they ever. Them. Will they ever. Kids will do that too. Hot heads up. Well, um. I was at a wedding this past weekend and this kid went over and started drinking out of the bird fountain. And it's like, ah, that's that's not water you want to drink out of. Yeah, I don't know if that's for you, man. No. But anyway, yeah, you're you're so you're you're designing and creating an ecosystem, which I think is fascinating and which is so much fun for me. Um and so that's why it just takes time yeah. because it's it's a lot more than if you want to do it right. There's varying degrees of doing it, but if you want to do it at the level I've been accustomed to doing it, it takes a lot of time and thought initially. And if you put in that initial planning and thought, go figure, like any project, it ends up going a lot more smoothly on the back end. One thing that I find really fascinating about you is very early on um, into my time at BuildWit, you and I went and had dinner because um, we were the only people who lived in Nashville. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we were talking and you had referenced the aquarium thing. I'm like, oh, interesting. And you, you had said something along the lines of, I mean, like the dirt world, but also aquariums are also one of my things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And the more I've gotten to know you, the more I believe you. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I think it, it has something to do with just being able to physically create a world. And that's what I love yeah. about Earth moving, too, is you get to see. You're terraforming. You see the Earth change. Yeah. It's wild. Like, I just went to Reading Anthracite. I was there last fall, and they had just started a new cut. Just started a new cut. And then I come back a few weeks ago, totally different, way bigger than it was before. And it's just, it's so satisfying to see that. Or even watching an excavator, it's it's up in the cut and you're there for three hours and then it's all the way over there. And all of that earth that was there this morning is missing now. You're mm-hmm. like, wow, that is, that is something else. So it's just so satisfying to be able to mold a whole physical world. Do you have to, okay, so once you, say once you get all the supplies, mm-hmm. is adding the water like the last step of, I mean, it is the last step before you put fish in, but like, is that like you would put water right before you start putting fish in or are you like, is it just like just the water and checking all this stuff for like a long time? Yeah, you've just put the water in and then you have to let it cycle for quite a while. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's fine. I'm glad you're able to take the next step. You've had an an empty um, aquarium full of the pieces on your desk for a long enough time that it's kind of a thing now. It's been a while. I think I'm going to do seahorses, though, is what I'm leaning towards. And not fish. Not fish. Because you can only go seahorses or fish, typically. typically. Oh, you can't have both. In a small tank like that, no. Yeah, You just want to leave it to seahorses. Okay. Because the fish can be assholes to the seahorses. Sure. Seahorses are not the most capable creatures. <laughs> they look nice, but they they're they're not very useful. They don't have any arms. They can't, yeah, they can't yeah, do anything. They, yeah, they they <laughs> they can't do a lot. Uh, and they're very slow moving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you kind of just want to leave them be. Like if I put seahorses and clownfish in there, the clownfish they can they can turn into assholes pretty quickly, and you don't want that. I don't want to come back to a seahorse massacre. Like, That's the last oh, thing I need. No, right what now. have I done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've created a monster. <laughs> That's I, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, it's, good a, to go. it's an additional stress. You want to be able to get some joy out of that, and if whatever you're putting in there is killing each other. Mm-hmm. That's probably not what you're looking for. But even you even have to think through the series in which you add fish, because if you add a territorial fish in there first, they'll establish they that their as theirs, and then you add others in there. And they'll beat the hell out of them. So you have to. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking involved. Yeah, and how, I have made how do we start this every mistake imaginable. <laughs> You've been there. Oh You've seen god. it go poorly. Oh my god! I remember it was freshwater, and my mom, God bless her, she's always been just rolling with the aquarium punches my whole life. So I get this freshwater aquarium, the biggest one I'd had ever before. It was probably the similar size, and I got it for my friends yeah they, they just had an extra aquarium in their garage you're like you want it yes of course i want it <laughs> so i get this aquarium set it up in my room i do the water change wrong i do something wrong and it ends up sucking the oxygen out of the water mm. essentially is what happened so all my fish start dying like rapidly and my mom is freaking out mm-hmm. she's like what do we do what do we do what do we do and we're trying to save these damn fish in my bedroom yeah growing up no fish were saved sure no fish <laughs> It was, it was, it was, it was a bloodbath. And you just had to live through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it here today. You just sit there and reflect for days and weeks and go to the bar by yourself as 12 12 years old. (sighs) I need another milk. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, Barkeep. 
Shirley Temple, please. Yeah, make it a double. <laughs> We've had a hard week. <laughs> That's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody, welcome to Dirt Talk. Welcome to Dirt Talk. We're here. Edit out the fish part. We don't want that. We it's don't? Dirt only. Dirt only. No, don't actually edit it out. But I'm going to say edit it out. And then Harrison, you can leave that in. And then he's, he's not going to do any of the editing. Perfect. We're here. Okay, great. Dirt Talk. Starting uh, fresh. Very first moment of the podcast. Welcome, everybody. We're excited to talk about dirt and all relevant dirt things. Yeah, when we say dirt talk, we mean it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've got a good bit of travel on your calendar um, the next three months. Yeah, just always right now. Always right now. But mm -hmm. I will say, as somebody who visits your calendar often, yikes. Yeah. However... Some really exciting trips coming up. That's all cool shit. I was talking to like a coffee. I don't, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to coffee, but I was talking to a barista the other day while he was making my coffee. And he's like, does the, does the travel get old? And I'm like, mm, it's, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting, but it doesn't get old. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's cool kind of stuff. a different answer. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but... Uh, it's a blast. We get to go to the coolest places. And right now, especially since most of my projects aren't paid work, I can somewhat just pick and choose where yeah. we get to go. So whatever I find interesting, yeah, sure. We can go down to Louisiana to shoot dredging. Yeah, sure. We can go to this coal mine in Pennsylvania. Yeah, sure. We can shoot night paving on Long Island. It's just cool stuff. Just how it is. Yeah. I think what's fascinating is, and I think this is probably where a lot of people who are you don't have the context of like what we do in the world that we work in, what that, if you don't have the context of what that is. So the majority of other people who travel for work, they're seeing the inside of the plane. They go to their hotel. Yeah. They go to like probably typically a boring office space. Mm -hmm. They might go to a ballroom of a hotel. Oh, they for sure hit the, the hotel bar. Well, I'll say a ballroom. Oh, ballroom. Remember, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. So many conferences and things are in those sorts yeah. of places. And uh, most hotel ballrooms suck. Uh, they're all terrible. They're so unimaginative. It's like, let's make this so versatile that it's not good for anybody. Yeah. Oh, you want to use any other tone but white and brown? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we we cannot use blue. Your option is taupe. <laughs> Only taupe. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it, some guy, how about, how about we use blue carpets in this one get that get the hell out of here, yeah, out of here. <laughs> but so what i think what's interesting is comparing that version of travel which like you know my dad did growing up i, I have a lot of friends who every city's the same because that's the travel they're doing yes and comparing that to any travel that anybody in our company is doing at any time is far more interesting and far more life-giving than that yeah, there's there's no consistency, no consistency whatsoever. And it's almost never the plane hotel inside of a boring office space hotel plane. It is never that. No. There's always far more, whether it's like out on job sites or just a thousand job sites over. I mean, like it's crazy. And everybody has a version of that. Here. Yeah. And it's been my life for so long that I don't appreciate the the effort and complexity that, that is our travel mm -hmm. and, and just facilitating Going to this visit, like, like the other day we did in the morning, we saw Patillo. Then in the afternoon, we saw 
uh, Patillo up in upstate New York area, not too far up there, but upstate New York. And then we went down to New Jersey to go see Atlantic Coast dismantling. Mm -hmm. And then we go over and shoot night paving on Long Island all in the same day. And so we started at around five, ended about one in the morning. And and just it's a long day. And in between, we drove through Manhattan. Yeah, which is, which not is exactly a, a quick job in, rest. in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and then we stay in Brooklyn, in an area in between. Our house was in between Kentucky Fried Chicken and a, I don't know if it was a licensed auto shop or not. Okay. An auto shop. Sure. Like squarely in between a Kentucky Fried Chicken and an auto shop. Love it. There was no space on either side because it's New York. <laughs> it was just those two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I nearly could reach out of my bedroom window and have the person in the drive-thru window hand me my chicken. That's Which how close the drive-thru was. That's something I know about you. You would do that. <laughs> I have always dreamed of being that close to a KFC drive-thru. Uh-huh. Dreams do come true. And you compare that to like uh, when you went up to see North American Coal in North Dakota in January. Like those are both work trips. Mm-hmm. And the fact that those are like both kind of options for you and options for our people, to me, like that's what really stands out about like the travel and compared to anybody else. So it's funny when people ask, like, does it get old? Like, how could it possibly? It's all over the place. It's all different. Yeah. And you're, it's never just like, well, just another meeting in another boardroom. Well, that's, that's the cool thing about the dirt world. I think that's representative about the industry we serve is it is so variable. Yeah. It is constantly changing. I can visit the same company every three months mm-hmm. and see different stuff every, 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 few mo- every week. Like you'll go, you'll see like the same people, but they'll be working on a totally new project because exactly. it's time to do a new project. It's always changing, yeah. always changing. That's why it's such a fantastic world. It's such a fantastic career. Because you're not going to that same office every day, every day, every day. I couldn't imagine just, you know, getting up, flying to New York City. Like my dad, he would go to the same cities. Oh, yeah. He'd stay at the same hotel. He'd have his routine in each one of the cities. He'd go to the same restaurants. And and I I, I know exactly what he would eat in D.C. <laughs> versus New York City, for yeah. example. Um, and, and yeah, for what we do, it's just not, not possible. The funniest thing about the North, and I think I've talked about it, that was probably the funniest contrast in travel this year was I went from pool, sitting by the pool, doing a little bit of work in Dubai, <laughs> 80 degrees and sunny, yeah. beautiful rooftop pool at the JW Marriott. Pretty nice. In Dubai. Yeah. To freezing my ass off just a few days later in North Dakota. Only a build with. Only a build with. <laughs> License and trademarked. <laughs> build with. Where dreams come true. Where dreams come true. Yeah. I feel like we should have like a contest for cheesiest and or worst and or best like taglines. Like build it or dreams come true. Yeah. Build it. Try it. Yeah. Build it. Coal mine in the morning, first class in the afternoon. Build it. Uh, $1 coffee at 5 a.m., $12 coffee at 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. We, uh, we went to a gas station the other day, of course, before the night paving operation. Sure. And I, I, I trusted Eric Jumper to choose a gas station um, of a, a reputable gas station. The man knows his gas stations. Yeah, because there were some some sketch gas stations where we were. So we, <laughs> we, we, we went to something farms, maybe Cumberland Farms. It was Cumberland Farms, sound right? 
It was really nice. So fantastic gas station. Eric walks in, goes right to the pizza section. I get a like no calorie coffee and a Quest bar. And he comes out with two monsters and a piece of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get through the night. Whatever you got to do, man. uh, Dude, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) Hey, the man is actively trying to get a sponsorship with Wawa. So yeah, Wawa people, if you're listening, if you know somebody, Hook a brother up. He's pretty influential. I, I would sponsor him if I were all. I, I will say I'm I'm very impressed. Not to give Eric any more due than he deserves or already gets, but he's been pretty diligent about uh, like building his own his own brand, which I'm yeah. impressed by. I cannot believe that people actually listen to us. Like Kinda people nuts. will actually be influenced by me and Eric. Yeah, which is. That is a terrifying thought. <laughs> how dare <laughs> that is Are you a, sure? <laughs> that, that is an indication of yeah. how far society has has gone. I mean, how much <sighs> business has Eric driven to specific gas stations, convenience stores? I don't know, but certainly some. Yeah, I think he's driven a lot of awareness to Wawa. And and I've been trying to do my part too. I'm a huge Wawa fan. Yeah, been to it. You've seen it. I didn't, I didn't experience Wawa until I was 21 years old. So I went two decades of my life. Two decades. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Not knowing the joy that is Wawa. I've still never seen a Wawa in real life. Even Oh, my God. I mean, because they're only in like certain states and I just don't go to, I guess, the parts of those states that have them. That, that is, it's so funny when I'm in a, a Wawa state. I'm like, yes, I'm in a Wawa state. Or they there was someone sent an ad about Wawa coming to Nashville. It was like, Wawa, come to Nashville. And then the next line. In 2027 or something ridiculous like that. Okay, great. What does that do for me? 2027? Yeah, call me when it's ready. Yeah. Uh, However, you know who does a great job of letting you know when they're coming is Bucky's. Oh, yeah. They'll put up multiple billboards like a year in advance. Dude, it's coming. They'll put billboards in the next state over. They don't care. Yeah. And they'll say beavers at work. I'm like, God damn. (laughs) They've nailed it. Bucky's. They really could not do a better job. I am not a Bucky's guy. Because it's just chaos mm-hmm. in every Bucky's. It's just total chaos. It's like, oh gosh. And that's not the gas station experience I look for. Mm-mm. But. Well, like I've said, I'm not looking to buy pulled pork and like a duck blind at the same place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're looking for cinnamon toast beef jerky, then, <laughs> then that's the place for you. If you want to buy 500 kolaches <laughs> and they're ready, go to Bucky's. Or, or want to pee in, you know. 23 different urinals. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a choice of 80 gas pumps, come to Bucky's. Yeah. If, yeah. No, no. If you if you and your football team want to go to the bathroom all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has to wait in line. That's the place to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, gas station talk. Dirt talk. Yeah. Uh, where, what's the next place you're going? <sighs> so I am going to Yosemite to actually go see everybody. <laughs> I keep telling people that. Uh, I'm going to Yosemite like oh wow so for fun I'm like no no no, no construction yeah so we're gonna go see it some- is for fun and oh for sure way for you for but when they sure. ask you they think it's not yeah I don't need to worry about the stupid permits and all that I can just go right in oh road closed not a big deal I know where I'm going yeah VIP right here hard mm-hmm. hat and vest I can go wherever I want to go just wait till we have media passes yeah or fake media passes <laughs> I mean, if you're the airlines, they're not fake. They're real. They're, they're so real. Very real. And we are very serious at BuildWit. But 
uh, Yosemite. We're going to go see Josh McHale uh, in uh, Fresno area uh, where he does orchard removal, tree removal, all kinds of cool stuff with dozers and loaders and excavators. Was he on Tour Talk maybe before? He was. Okay. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. He was former sheriff. Mm. Yeah, I think he was sheriff. And then, so worked for the sheriff's department and now he is a technically a farmer. Cool. Yeah. And does just really, really cool work. That's really fun. Really cool work. So we're going to see that, spend a weekend in San Luis Obispo with my siblings, and then from there go down to Arizona for something that I'm not going to talk about quite yet. And then up to Montana to go to Montana Resources, Copper Mine, DC Excavation in Bozeman, and then over to see Kaylee in Red Lodge, Montana. Go and hang with Dane Cotton. Dane Cotton. Yes, sir. Going to go spend a few days at Dane's house. So I'm going to get myself some Dane cakes. Yeah, it's his thing. Yeah. And spend some time in his black little machines. Can I talk y'all into recording a conversation? We'll see. Sure. Okay. Yeah. He's just a cool dude. And be a fun podcast. He's been on Dirt Talk. Maybe really, really early, but yeah. I don't, not since a, I've been A around. while back. Yeah. Um, he's definitely one on the list that you were like, get this guy back on here. I was like, okay, we'll yeah, pick it up. yeah. Um, super exciting. You've got all kinds of stuff happening. I mean, like I said, through the next, I mean, for forever, really. But, um, we're going to Canada before too long, right? Canada, yeah. beginning of August, Europe again in October. Super fun, man. Tons of all cool kinds stuff. of stuff, and all of it will be on YouTube. Yeah, all of it. We're Easy full born, full born YouTube adding. Many hundreds of subscribers a day right now, which is pretty sick. Kind of nuts. Yeah. One thing that I think is fun as like the, we figure out the vlog thing is how all of like this, I hate the the, the word content because it just feels really like businessy or we are influencers. Yeah. Yeah. We're being, we're doing influence work. Yeah, yeah. Um, like and subscribe. But yeah, here's my discount code. Uh, but what I think is really cool is people can like watch like a vlog of you going to you know a mine or wherever it is because it's they're all about all kinds of different things, and then they can like hear a little bit about it on there. They can then hear maybe like more details on like the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's all kind of swimming into each other. So it's like you can get more and more like context or depending on like how much you want to hear about something, we're almost always going to talk about something huge that you like, if you just came back from ship and you're like, dude, listen to this, Mm -hmm. like we're going to, we're going to cover it. Yeah. We, we can't, uh, we can't bring everybody along. Obviously that's not very scalable or practical, but we can with the internet and cameras. So we're trying to do our best to bring people along with all of our travels so that you can experience the dirt world as I do. Yeah. Because, you know, we... At no cost to you. I'm not asking for anything. YouTube's free. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that's... We've talked about this a good bit. Um, in, you know, you a lot of job sites you go on is like the first camera that's ever been there. A lot of times, yeah. And right. so I think it is really fun to shine a light on those things where it's like nobody has seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. And so um, I love that like there is no slowing down for you from that. You're, you are on as many job sites as you've ever been. And we're, we're only, our exposure is only growing. So we're only getting into cooler projects. And we're only getting better at like capturing yeah. that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
the quality has gone through the roof lately in just animation and yeah, everything we're doing is, is only increasing. Yeah. So this is like the starting point of, I think what is to come, yeah. which is really, <laughs> really exciting. That's why I'm so excited. It's not, I'm not excited about where it is today. I'm excited because it's like, oh, finally we're on this path that I think is going to be so, so cool. And we're, we're on this path of making the industry mainstream. I don't see why people from across the country and world don't tune in to see what the heck our industry is doing, see what the dirt world's doing, even if they have no business being in the dirt world, because whether they want to be in the dirt world or not, they depend on the dirt world every single day of the week, every hour of the week to live. So I'm excited to make the industry more mainstream and get the industry, the dirt world, the respect it rightly deserves. Well, in regards of how cool it is, if it's not getting like the appropriate uh, light shined on it, like it's just people aren't going to see it. They're not going to seek it out. Yeah. So we're bringing it to bringing it to the world. Exactly. Which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a couple questions. First one is literally from the Internet. OK, good. Every once in a while, I'll check in um, and see, you know, obviously we've got like a, a marketing department doing like marketing things mm-hmm. and that's what they do. That's, that's what they do. But I do like to check in on some of the like the most common uh, Google searches. Most of them are kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. However, it's fascinating that there are some that are pretty basic that get a lot of searches. So I brought one before. I think we talked about it was like, what is excavation? Which is like, you know, gets like a thousand searches a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have another one mm-hmm. that I think you're going to like to talk about. The question is, what is a motor grader? A motor grader is a machine that smooths stuff out. That is pretty much it. They are, it is essentially a tractor with typically six wheels, two in the front, four in the back. Is that a motor grader? That is a motor grader right here, right there. Yeah, that's an an 18. So it has two wheels in the front that can turn, articulate. It has four wheels in the back that don't turn. And then it can articulate in the middle just Mm -hmm. after the cab typically as well. And how it works is it drags essentially this blade underneath the machine along the ground, which creates a nice smooth surface behind it. It can also rip with rippers behind it to loosen up the ground. Motor graders are typically for finishing roads before paving happens for example they make everything smooth before you lay your asphalt finishing a building pad you want to have a nice smooth building pad Um, they'll run gps so the operator can know exactly where the grade needs to be for the plans and so they're adjusting like the angle by like yeah percentages of a degree so they'll they'll either adjust it manually or if it's gps they can use it's essentially semi-automatic Okay. So they'll be able, if it's close, they'll be able to somewhat lock that blade into where it needs to be and it'll adjust itself as you're going over oh, cool. that grade yeah. to get it dead nuts on typically within about a tenth is what GPS will do wow. for you. So pretty, pretty close. Um, so really anything that's built upon a smooth surface is probably, t- probably finished by a grader, sometimes a dozer. Uh, but graders are fantastic especially for something like a long strip, like a road or a runway or something like that. You can also use them uh, at a mine site, for example, for maintaining haul roads because you want smooth haul roads. 
so your trucks can run yeah. as fast as they possibly can to increase your cycle times. They can't run fast if the roads are rutted to shit. So you'll run a blade right over them nonstop, 24 hours a day typically to make everything nice and smooth so you can uh, run your trucks as quickly as possible. They can do a lot of other things. They can cut ditches. They can cut slopes. You can do some spectacular things with a blade in the right hands. You on a job site, typically the blade is among the most valuable pieces of equipment. And blade operators are typically some of the most well-paid operators on any job site. If someone's called, if like you refer to somebody as a blade hand, like this is typically what they're using or not? Yeah. If they're a blade hand, typically they're in a grader. Okay. So a blade, a grader, a motor grader, typically it's called a blade or a grader okay. is is a shorthand form. But yeah, they're they're a remarkable piece of equipment. Um, they take a lot of time to learn. And well, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, in back in the day, you would have what was called an antler rack. So it was a ton of different levers and a steering wheel. Now you just have in especially in the new blades, you have two joysticks that do everything you need to do. Okay. Um that's that, less like yeah, it's it's a lot more intuitive. Okay. And I think the superior way of doing it, but if you learned on the old school way, you typically don't like the joysticks. Sure. So they still make them with the old school layout, but anybody learning on a uh, a new like an M series blade or the new like they got rid of the M, just the new cat blades, new deer blades, whatever the new blade is, um it's the way to go. It is extremely satisfying for me to watch a video of one of these, like just going down, like, you know, fishing, finishing a road or something like that, mm -hmm. because it's, it's like slow, it's smooth and just like, I don't know. There's like, just like get like that really like nice angle, just nice to watch. It's, yeah, watching an experienced blade hand work, it's art. I, I have so much respect for anybody that runs a blade and so much respect for the people that have been doing it for, you know, 20 something years that can just do anything. Imaginable well, it's, it's mastery. It really is. Yeah. You can do some crazy, crazy cool things. I mean, you can swing your, swing your board out to, to basically stand it up and cut certain things and you can do some crazy stuff with them. Harrison and I were talking yesterday, maybe about how like, how satisfying and enjoyable it can be to like either watch or listen to somebody talk about something they like really love and are really good at. And so I, I think um, a, a really cool and fun thing for me coming into the industry is being able to see people who are like, oh, you're a master at this thing. Like you are a very much an expert at running this piece of equipment or whatever it is, because like that's so obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you see it in motion, even if you don't know anything, it's like, oh, I, I can tell what's happening here and I can tell that this isn't your first day on the job. Yeah. And and if you're a young person, I mean, you can, I think, get into a blade a little quicker nowadays if you can grab hold of GPS a lot faster. GPS, it just, it makes these machines so much more effective. So if you can marry experience and knowledge about how the machine itself works with technology, you can do some amazing things finishing with the blade. 
And, and it's all about production. You know, how many house pads can you finish a day? How much uh, square yardage of, of road can you finish a day? Um, how much curb line, you know, what, what, you know, sidewalks, whatever it is, it's all about production. So if you can use a tool like GPS on top of the piece of equipment itself, you can do some pretty amazing things pretty quickly nowadays. So I know, sure, a lot of the, the best blade hands I've seen are, are some of the older guys. Now I've seen people that are, you know, late 20s, early 30s that are doing remarkable things with a blade as well. Uh, it's just all about practice, seat time, and then really, I think, embracing technology, GPS, and getting good at communicating with the people on the ground, whether that be a grade checker or mm-hmm. the people around you um, running the other equipment, scrapers or haul truck and an excavator, whatever that is, dozer, because you're part of a team. You're not just you on the blade. Yeah. Super cool. And it's a pretty, people might argue with me, but it's a pretty cush job because in theory, you're running typically on smooth ground. As it, like it's mostly already done. You're like the finishing <laughs> yeah, touch. Yeah. If you're, if you're finishing, so it's, it's high paced and you need to be precise with your work. But at the same time, it's, you're not running a dozer in rock, like, for example. Yeah. Like behind you, they're putting the road down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty good gig. Um, getting into a machine like this, obviously there's all kinds of uh, paths you can take to get into something like that. Um, you mentioned like, if you can pick up GPS first, like maybe that's like a way to get into one sooner or whatever that is. Um, for most people, like what is somebody probably most likely running before they like get into one of these pieces of equipment as like their, the next phase of their career? Like ideally you start pounding hubs or something like that. And I don't know, that's not really done a whole lot nowadays, mm-hmm. but anything on the ground, uh, checking grade on the ground, whatever you can do on the ground outside of a machine, that's by far the best place to start because then you'll understand what the blade hand needs from a ground perspective before you get into finishing. So in theory, you can start in any piece of equipment you can get into. and Because you're learning so much of the techniques. Yeah, just running a a machine. There's common principles across the board. You know, walk-arounds and general sight awareness and how a cut and fill comes together. And uh, But uh, you can work your way into a a machine like this, either starting in something like a haul truck, working into a dozer, for example. Maybe a dozer to a blade is probably the most common. And mm-hmm. maybe that's disputed, but I'd say by far the best place to start is on the ground. So if you can get a job as a grade checker or just helping out a grade checker as just a laborer, yeah. you know, pounding hubs, pounding stakes, writing stakes out, elevations, all of that jazz, that is by far the best place to be. Right on. And GPS, it, it doesn't help you get into the machine. It just basically accelerates your learning curve and accelerates how productive you can be with that machine. Yeah. It's not to say that GPS gives you the ability to just skip over all the basics. You still need all the basics and then you add GPS on top of that. So be careful using it as a crutch because it does break. It does go out. And when you need it to be able does, to do it without. Yeah, you're going to be screwed. So make sure you have the basics, but if you can grab hold of GPS a little faster than other people, it's all about production. If you can produce in an accurate manner faster than the next guy, you're going to be given a shot. Good place to be. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for going on that. Um, I, I think it's fun to ask these questions every once in a while. I think there's good stuff there. Sure. sure. Thank you. Cool. Next question. Dirt World. Dirt Talk Podcast. Here we go. 
Is the dirt world trending towards companies popping up with specific services, only paving or only excavation, et cetera? Or are larger companies adding more and more services divisions? It, it goes one of two ways. I've seen it. When you talk about profitability, the two types of, of companies that are most profitable are either the ones that are really good at one thing, really good at one highly thing. Specialized, highly specialized. Highly specialized. They have specialty equipment, specialty experience. They're, they're really, really, really good at something. Or on the other side of the spectrum, they do everything. So no one dictates their schedule but them. And all of the money essentially goes to them it at the end of the day. In, it's not, house. yeah, subs aren't getting a cut of it. Um, so that's kind of the two pathways I've seen that are done most successfully. Now there's still that no man's land in between. I mean, to get to a place where you're doing everything, you have to do a couple things. First. <laughs> you have to do a, yeah, yeah. So you don't just go from specializing to vertical integration overnight. Like, yeah, I'm going to be vertically integrated. Okay, so you're going to end up with concrete, <laughs> materials, and asphalt, and pipe, and everything you need overnight. No, mm -hmm. that's an accumulation of sometimes decades of capital and experience to yeah. get to that point. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of the bigger companies consolidating and vertically integrating. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of the big material companies are buying up contractors nowadays as well because they want construction side of things or construction companies are buying quarries. They want to get in the material side of things. There's a lot more money to be made on materials than there is on doing the work. Hands like down. Like if, if you have access to the materials, if, if you're the one selling the materials, that's kind of where to be. Yeah, the margins are just much, much, much higher. Sure. So anything materials related, margins are way higher than digging a hole. Um, and that might not be true everywhere, but mm, on average, it, it, it is. So yeah, I mean, again, most successful companies I've seen from a profitability standpoint, they're either really, really good at what they're really, really good at, or they do everything. And there's always exceptions. It's it's not there's there's it's not there's not run one way to do it because every region's different. Mm -hmm. But on average, I would say those are the two most likely places to be if a contractor's quite profitable. Does it? And this isn't this is not a question of stats. This is a question of perception. Does it feel like more and more companies are? Um consolidating and less companies are specializing or is it just like companies are going one or two ways and they're just going to continue to be going one or two ways like that i don't know where the market's going to go i think we're going to head towards consolidation at some point you can look at like what happened to the materials business materials business really consolidated over the past 10 20 years especially the past 10 years well a lot of industries have done it. i mean that's not a lot of industries have done that and you in the construction industry, you don't have a lot of succession planning. If you don't have succession planning, there's one of two ways. You're about to consult to get out. Yeah. yeah. You either shut the business down and liquidate your your balance sheet or you sell to another company. And you have to sell to a company with the cash to acquire you, which is going to be a bigger company typically. Yeah. And typically it's going to be a materials company. Because again, a materials company is really profitable. They're throwing off a lot of cash. They need to roll that cash into something. <laughs> and there's only so much plant and equipment they can invest in. Yeah. So they have to go buy other companies to 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 use up that cash. And I've seen that a lot lately with how profitable some of these bigger companies have been. 
they're rolling that into just acquiring other companies. That's interesting. I'd never really heard someone talk about the materials industry that way. It's interesting though, because on the high end you have the you have consolidation, but then on the other side you have so many companies starting up out of nothing because there's a very low barrier to entry in starting a earth moving business. Like like what we talked about on the podcast yesterday, like Cat Finance would give his dog a machine if his dog walked in and stamped his paw print on the on the piece of paper. <laughs> it's it's really that simple. Yeah. Um which I think is fantastic. I think Cat Finance is, or, or you know, these financial groups are responsible. They've changed a lot of lives. Yeah, they're they're responsible for a lot of businesses being in business today. Um, so with with the low barrier of entry, and then just the kind of overall concept of everybody wanting to have their own business nowadays, and seeing that as you know the way to success, I think it's happening a lot more at the other end. Mm-hmm. So I'm just. I'm curious to see what happens. I think it's going to be a combination of both that wins. Mm-hmm. And I have a model in my head that incorporates vertical integration with small business. But we're not quite there yet. This is a comment that is also based on perception. But we've talked to a lot of folks just within this podcast that kind of would, would be part of my thought here. So a couple of years ago, uh, I learned the phrase um, or just like the concept of someone having a lifestyle business. I, and my mind was like, that sounds like an influencer. But really what it meant was they run a business that's meant to basically, it's never meant to grow exponentially. It's mm-hmm. meant to support their lifestyle. Yeah, And if everybody's comfortable with that, um, level of non-growth then it works works for everybody and to me it feels and sounds like that could be like a common place where people are looking to like start their own thing because like maybe they want just like the the power of making the decisions on what they work on and how they work on it and um they just want like that flexibility of you know not having to answer to somebody else or whatever it is other than your your customer mm-hmm. and so to me it sounds like that would be a common approach if you're you know saying going to buy your first piece of machinery like i'm sure some people start it because they want to grow something really big or just you know i want to i want to be rich and so i want to start this people have all kinds of reasons for starting businesses that's why i'm in business to get rich you just want to be rich yeah that's, that's why you're the highest paid person to build it oh, everybody knows makes that. so much everybody money. knows yeah and so I, I think to me, I, I would say before I ever really started like thinking about the dirt world, I wouldn't have guessed that a lot of folks run, you know, these really small businesses that are essentially lifestyle businesses. The problem with that is, and the trap most people fall into is it takes discipline and self-awareness Yeah, to well, understand. We, we know people who do it that exact way. Yeah. But I've, I, I like a Garrett Wilson. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Garrett, he does it great. Chris Ewens, he does it great. Uh, Ryan Goodfellow, he's where he's at. They know exactly what they want, and yeah. they're like, "I'm not going to mess with it because here's the thing I want." Yeah, they're they're, and and they live great yeah. lives as a result. Great lives because they're they're honest with themselves. They're like, "Do I 
do I really need more? And the answer is no. <laughs> and I want to underscore my my point about like the lifestyle business model or whatever. It's not so you can just like make enough to pay your bills. Like obviously plenty of these people can make really, really good livings, but it, the business is not set up to, well, once I, once I get more and more projects, then I can become a power in the industry. It's like, that's not the goal. Yeah. But see these, these kids, they, they get overly ambitious they can do that i anybody i've seen anybody that's the cool thing about the dirt world no one gives a shit who you like what road you grew up on who your dad is what um what college education you like none of that matters if you just put your head down and get after it you can go from nothing to one of the biggest companies in the industry in a generation it's fantastic the opportunity available but I think there's a lot of people that that don't want to be in that position that end up just having to perpetually grow because they get they overextend themselves. They go buy a bunch of new equipment that they can't pay for unless they go get more and more and more work. So they get locked into and having they have to, to get grow. some people and yeah, becomes a thing. Yeah. They get locked into having to grow and it, it becomes a trap. If you are somebody and not to drag Garrett Wilson into this again. But if you're somebody like him who is running his own thing and is is happy and pleased with the living that comes from that, which you know he's has spoken to many times he is, um, to be in that position, you probably need to be like an expert in a number of things, right? Kind of. Like if, if you're not like going to get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of just like need to know how to be able to do all of it. And that includes run a business. Not just operate the equipment. Like you're still um, kind of running a business. Yeah, you're you're running a business, but you don't need to know everything when you get into business. You you kind of figure it out as you go. Like Garrett, he didn't know how to run a business before he started his. But he's like, I can company. I can finish this work. But he's and, figuring it out yeah. as it goes. So he's he's a great operator, but he's had to figure out a lot over the past two years as he's been in business. Um. So yeah, I don't want to make it seem like you have to know everything, and and you. Like you don't have to be the best earth moving contractor. You don't have to be the best operator. You just have to have some kind of integrity and desire to do your best. Yeah. And if you screw up, make it right. Because it's the shitheads that suck at what they do and don't care that ruin it for everybody else. Um, so you don't have to be the best, but you at least have to be striving to be the best. And you at least have to, if you screw up, make it right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, get the hell out of here because you're making it. You're making it worse for everybody. Make it worse for everybody else. Yeah. Well said. Well, that's that's really fascinating. I've that's another question that I've gotten a handful of versions of in the last like two or three weeks. Um, you know, obviously we we've had a handful of folks on the podcast who um started a business out of nothing, just saying, like, I want to be in control of my own destiny. And, you know, maybe maybe they started growing a business or maybe they kept it really small. But also we've had plenty of people on the podcast who work at very large companies too. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I think they're like, like you're saying, it seems to be, there's less and less of like that weird middle ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there, there will always be the middle ground because our industry, it varies so much region to region that no one business can come in and just dominate the whole thing. And there's never, and it's not going to be, all we have is 
you know, 20 companies in the region. They're all experts at just the one thing they do. And they all work together perfectly to finish all the jobs. Yeah. Well, and then either. And you become bigger and bigger and bigger. And now you have to pursue much larger projects to make any money because mm-hmm. now your company's geared towards the big stuff. So there's still all these smaller, like I'll see a company like Kiwit bidding these, you know, $6 million projects. You're, you're, you're sitting there, you're like, like why? What are they doing? Because <laughs> they're just, they're not geared towards doing something like that. But a billion and a half dollar highway project, they're going to be very competitive at it because there's only a few companies that can even bid and bond a project like that, yeah. would even be invited to bid a project like that. So, yeah, Kiwit's not exactly uh, out there like trying to pick up driveway jobs. No, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, oh, yeah sometimes can, you'll see them do just pool. a random small job. You're like, what? Why, why is there a Kiwit <laughs> pickup truck at that project? Well, yeah. What's going on over there? Um, so, yeah, there, there will always, there will always be kind of different sizes of contractors, I think. I don't think there will ever be significant consolidation. Cool. Well, thanks for talking about that. I really appreciate it. That's really interesting to and me. And it could be completely wrong. Well, like you said, you know, we're, we're just trying to make it up as we go along. Build it, excavating, grading could come in and acquire every company in the United States. That'd be a power move. It would. It, w- it could be. And I'm, I'm just saying it could happen. Yeah. I mean, is it a monopoly if it's 100% of the market? I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Don't be afraid, but also don't be afraid. <laughs> Look out just a little bit. <laughs> That's dumb. Uh, well, I think that is a Dirt Talk podcast, my friend. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to check out more, check out the vlog on YouTube that is blowing and going. It's super fun. And yeah, those are great videos. If you want to inform what we talk about on this podcast, send your questions to dirttalkatbillwood.com or comments or whatever you want us to bring up. Uh, Alex would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you share the podcast with somebody you might think would enjoy it we'd really appreciate that and as always thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode stay dirty everybody Mm -hmm.